live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. So I wouldn't say that I'm obsessed by fire. It's more of a fascination I have. And I will offer this evidence. You know how when kids are sitting around the campfire, they're roasting their marshmallow. Invariably, well, almost always, it bursts into flames and somebody waves it around till it goes flying off into the bushes or someone's hair. <laughs> but that wasn't me. I was never that kid. I took my marshmallow and eased it up to the base of the fire. And I turned it slowly, carefully, until it was a perfect golden brown and I ate it every time. But I think the thing with fire for me really started that day in August when I was eight years old. And my brother and I ran out of the house and jumped on our bikes to go play. I remember the, the grass in the ditch was a golden dry brown. And we took off up the road to get our buddy Eddie. He was the older guy. He was nine. My little brother was seven. So we went up, and he came out of the house, and he got on his bike. But for some reason, this day, we didn't go back down the road towards the beet fields and the blackberry patches and the orchard and the ditch, where we always played along the ditch. We lived on the outside of a uh, farming town. But today we went up towards the big road, and I don't know why we went up that way, but we just pedaled up on our bikes towards the big road. At the corner was a big old abandoned house. It was this big tall, the paint had peeled off years ago, the windows were broken out. Nobody lived there. It looked like the house from Psycho. So we had to stop there, and we went in, and we went up these rickety stairs. Some of them were busted out. But we got up there, and we went inside, and it was, was kind of strange because nobody lived there, but there was a table in the middle of the room, and there was a bunch of, like, junk mail or something all spread around on the floor, and there was candles and matches. Like, somebody had been there. We thought, like, hobos had been staying there or something. And it was a little spooky, but... We looked around, and I can't remember who it was that lit that first match and lit the first candle. But pretty soon, all three of those candles were going. And I also can't remember who it was that picked up that first envelope off the floor and held it over that candle till it burst into flames. But I know it hurt like hell when it burnt my fingers. And so <laughs> I ran over and I threw it out the window. And then pretty soon we were all picking up stuff off the floor. And wow, that's pretty cool. And throw it out the window. Until I went to throw one out and I looked out. And there was a fire down there about eight feet around and it was licking up the side of the house. And so I turned and I said, the house is on fire. We got to get out of here. 
We tore down the stairs, and I don't know how none of us fell through, but we tore down there, we hopped on our bikes, and we took off. And we were going down the road making a good getaway until I turned to him and I said, we got to tell mom. And they looked at me, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> but, so they peeled off and went out in the orchard to hide. But I went home and I went running in the house and mom was working in the kitchen. And I went in there and I said, mom, mom, the house is on fire. Now that's a statement that will get any mother's attention. She stopped and she looked at me and she said, what house? So I said, the big one up the road at the corner. Without a word, she turned and she went to the phone and picked it up and called the fire department. And she hung it up and she turned back to me and she said, where's Bruce and Eddie? <laughs> and by now, I was getting the feeling that it was time to start getting vague about things. <laughs> So I said, oh, they went out in the orchard, I think. And she said, you sit right there on the couch and do not move. And she took off. And in a little while later, she brought him back in. And she put us on the couch. She said, none of you move. And she went back and she was on the phone again. And um, then she came out of the kitchen and she came out and she said, you boys get in the car. I want you to see what you've done. It still chokes me up. <laughs> so we got in the car and she went up there and she did the slow drive by and that entire house was in fully involved. They must have had every fire truck in the whole town there pouring water on it. And she just turned around and went back home. She got home. Of course, we weren't saying anything. She said, you guys, you sit on that couch. You do not move until the chief gets here. So we sat there and we waited. And eventually, a big, shiny red car did pull up in front of the house. And she said, you go, you go with the chief. And he got out and he opened the door. We got in the back seat. And we were all sitting there. And without a word, he started driving away. And I'm eight years old, sitting in the back of this car. And I know for a fact I'm going to jail. <laughs> but he drove around for a really long time. And um, he finally pulls over in the side of this little side road. And he puts his arm on the seat back and he looks back at us. And looking back now, I can see he was trying really hard not to laugh. <laughs> but he stared at us and he gave us the big stink eye. And he finally said, now do you boys know why you don't play with matches? And we were all like, yes, sir, yes. <laughs> okay, then. And he drove us back home, and that was it. We got out, and we went in the house, and I couldn't believe it until Mom said, now wait till your father gets home. <laughs> and that's right. 
So Eddie's dad came and got him. And he took the long walk of shame, and he had to go. And uh, so we went to our room, and eventually when, when dad got home, I don't know how I managed to overhear, but um, somehow I did manage to overhear mom tell him that it turned out that the fire department had been planning to burn that house down as an exercise anyway. <laughs> and um, I snuck back and told my brother that. And um, finally, Dad came back, and he did give us a really good lecture about playing with matches, but that was about it. Um, but it, so it turned out that later in life, I became a firefighter, a wildland firefighter. And so you get to do this really cool thing sometimes called backfires, where they give you this torch that has a flame that won't go out, and you get to walk along and set things on fire on purpose. And you light big burn piles in the fall. And uh, it's really a pretty cool job. <laughs> and so now I can say never play with matches unless you're getting paid for it. Thank you.